0: Hi, Tony Rush here, and welcome to the Good for Business podcast. This is another appetizer episode, and the Good for Business podcast is produced by BusinessLabsPro.com and MyInspiredMedia.com, business tools and training that you will actually use. So today, I want to talk to you about your website. Uh, Most business owners we talk to, uh, they sort of view their website as a necessary evil, they, they know they have to have a company website, but they're not really sure what, if anything, it's actually doing for their business. So what I would like to do is avoid all the cliches, right? We always hear the same, oh, well, you want to look at your website through the eyes of the prospect and you want to, yeah, yeah, we get that. We... Well, what does that mean? Right, we 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 understand, yes, look at everything like a prospect would and make the decisions. But figuring out how does a prospect look at our stuff and what decisions we should make, that's the trick. So what I'd like to do in this short message is share with you a couple of terms that you might be familiar with. You probably are, but you might not know what they mean. And I want to show you how these two things can answer that question, how you really can start creating and designing all of your online materials in a way that is going to be much, much better than your competition, okay? And then also, I want to give you uh, five quick tips that you can put to use today. So before I jump into it, I'm going to just tear the Band-Aid off fast, okay? This is going to be painful, so we're going to jerk it off quick. Most websites are awful. I mean, just good Lord. Some of the websites that people are using to try to make money on the internet, oh, it's enough to make a grown man weep. I mean, just bad, bad design, bad everything, bad copy, bad colors, bad appearance, bad functionality. And you and I have been to these websites. Have you ever been to a website that you you got to the website and after like 30 seconds, all you could think was, why are they trying to hide? the thing that I'm looking for, why is it so hard to just find this simple thing, right? Or you've been on a website and somebody says, well, you know, contact our support department for if you have a question, but they don't tell you how to do that. And now you're you're off on an Easter egg hunt trying to find a link to the, what am I looking for? Am I looking for help? Am I looking for support? Am I looking for customer service? Am I looking for a contact us? Do I have to leave here and go to a support desk? And as business owners, it's easy for us to sometimes fall into the idea that we feel like our customers should be able to figure out some of this stuff. But our customers are not stupid. They're busy. They're busy. I'm busy. You're busy. You and I have been that guy. We've been that person who you you just want to try to find a way to ask about the order that you placed and hasn't shown up yet. Why are you wasting my time trying to make me go on this treasure hunt for, I just need to know where to ask a question. That's an example of bad user experience, right? And the trick is as business owners, who operate our own websites we've got to preempt that we've got to figure out what can we do differently than most of the other sites out there so that our customers aren't you know rolling their eyes and constantly trying to reach for the back button because they find our website is not intuitive it's it's not laid out or created in a way that really solves their problem so this is what we're looking to avoid. And there's all kinds of things. And I don't want to get too deep into this and we're definitely not going to get into very uh, very much technical stuff because hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> it's, not, it's, not a, it's not an entire course. But I do want to teach you two terms and I'm gonna give you five tips that you can use to make your website better. So the first term is user experience. It's often abbreviated UX. It means user experience. The second term is user interface. And that's called UI. Now, there's a big debate, even among designers. Okay, so I'm I'm treading on thin ice here because even designers have these huge, amazing debates about which one means what, and, well, part of that belongs over in UI, and, well, part of that belongs in UX, and they have these big, passionate debates. So what I'm going to give you is my personal perspective. It, it's what works for me. Um And don't send me, you know, toxic, negative, poisonous emails if you see it a little differently than I do, okay? This is just my view. User experience is how you feel when you use something, okay? It's the way you feel when you get into the car for the first time. It's how you feel when you pick up the guitar you're at the music store, you pick up a guitar, like, how do you feel holding that guitar for the first time? How do you feel when you walk into a great hotel suite? How do you feel when you walk into the hotel lobby? How do you feel when you walk into a restaurant? What's the, the vibe? You hear terms like the vibe, the ambiance, the mood, right? All these things are kind of hinting at the concept of user experience, okay? That's UX. UI User interface, this is different. UI is the technical stuff, the nuts and bolts that make user experience possible, that create that user experience. Okay, so in a restaurant, it's what kind of music and lighting and tablecloths and how the servers are dressed what the menus look like, what kind of paper they're printed on, how much area is there for waiting, you know, for your table, how are you greeted, like all of these, there's like hundreds of tiny little decisions that all added together create user experience. It's what kind of wood Martin Guitar uses to make that particular guitar, right? It's, getting into a Mercedes and finding that, oh, when I open the driver's side door, the driver's seat automatically shifts back and the steering wheel shifts up to allow the driver more room to get in and out, close the door and the seat and steering wheel come back into position. So it's not user experience, but those things create that feeling of quality and luxury when you open the door to sit down in a, in a new S-series Mercedes, okay? So you can put it this way. If you want to put it in a nutshell, user experience is how you feel when you ride the horse. User interface is the saddle and the reins and uh, the stirrups, okay? Everything that makes the experience possible. So And i got to go fast here because we could really spend a lot of time on this, but I really just want to get you acquainted with these two ideas. Um, User experience is a big deal. It is oftentimes there's two companies. You can imagine two different companies, and one may have a fantastic product, but they don't give the proper attention to user experience, whereas this company over here doesn't have as good of a product But they go out of their way to make the customer feel special and taken care of and everything about their user experience is much better. So this is why the business graveyard is one of the reasons why the business graveyard is full of companies that went out of business because they did not give the appropriate amount of attention to UX, to the user experience. And, And this applies in all areas, not just web design, but it applies to... How, how do your customer service people, uh, how do, they, do they sound very formal do they sound very friendly? Do they even sound casual, right? Um, it applies to how you come across in your email copy or your ads. But today we're just talking about web design, but it definitely applies here as well. Um, I'll tell you who does a good job at this. Uh, Apple.com, obviously, we won't spend a lot of time talking about Apple. They do a lot of things great. Um, But if somebody's never been to Apple.com, you know, if you go there now, go go while you're listening, go to Apple.com, unless you're driving, but go to Apple.com and pretend you've never been there before, but you want to look around at iPads. You're not going to have to do a bunch of scrolling. Like they do a good job of it's exactly where you would expect it would be. And if you want to go a step further, pretend that you are going there to buy one as a gift for uh, your best friend and actually go through all the way to the credit card process. You will find it is highly intuitive. You will not get lost. You will not find it confusing. You will not find it frustrating. At no point will you think, good Lord, just let me give you my money already. You know, why are you making this so hard? No, you won't feel that way at all. you're not careful, you'll pull a credit card out. (laughs) They do a really good job. Um, That goes to the, what I would call the intuitive part of user experience. Things are where you expect them to be. You don't have to hunt for them. You don't have to look around. You don't have to scroll all over. We've all been there, right? It's awful. Um, Amazon.com does a lot of really good things right. Uh, I'll give you one example. If you pick any product, doesn't matter if it's nutrition, books, music, uh, new, uh, healthcare, personal care items, hardware, whatever, pick any any product page at Amazon.com, and you will find a level of consistency that makes their website uh, a pleasure for most people to use. The product is always on the left. the The description of the product is always identically in the same spot. The buy button, you're not going to have to hunt for it. It's always on the right, and it's always orange. It's never purple. It's never green. It's never a different size. Okay? If you want to buy something, they've they've conditioned it. These are called conventions, by the way. It's the normal, commonplace way things are just generally done. It's like having the company logo is always in the upper left-hand corner of the page, and clicking it will always take you to the home page. That is what's called a convention. That's just how good design works. And what you want to do in your website is you want to take advantage of as many of those conventions as you can, because these people pioneered the way, right? Like, why would we go against billions of dollars of conditioning just to try to do it our way? Instead, take advantage of all the momentum and ease that they've created by conditioning people online to always expect that the logo in the upper left corner is always going to be clickable and it's always going to take me back to the home page. The navigation bar is probably going to have all of the most important stuff in it. And if I need to know where the support desk is, I can probably scroll to the bottom of the page and find it in the footer, right? so like, We ignore these conventions at our own peril. We create extra work and extra frustration for ourselves and our customers when we choose to say, oh, you know what? I want to do something different. I want to, you know what? Let's do it this way. Let's put the nav bar on the left and let's do it vertically. And you know what? Let's hide it. Let's not even, you can't even see it unless you move your mouse over there. If you move your mouse over it, then it comes spinning out like a cartwheel, and it blinks. And let's, oh, you know what? Uh, Nothing at the top. And let's not do headlines. Let's just put a big picture of the model. Oh, and let's put a little bird in the upper right-hand corner, just because I like birds. That giant sucking sound is the sound of lots of people hitting the back button and leaving your business forever. <laughs> okay? But you see these websites where people who have never bothered to learn anything about user experience or user interface and they say, "Well, let's just let's just do what makes sense to us." And I'll guarantee you, what makes sense to you and I may not necessarily make sense to our customers. Okay? So Again, we can really spend a lot of time. This is an area where a lot of time and energy can be spent learning how to do this stuff really, really well. Um, But uh, Steve Krug says it well, don't make me think. Don't make me think. That's the idea is if I come to your website and I can't I can't find what it is I'm looking for. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I'm not even really quite sure what you sell or what you do. All of those are called resistance points. And if you pile up enough resistance points in a very short amount of time, then we hit the back button and we leave. And there's your advertising dollars wasted. Because whatever you spent to get me to the site is now out the window, right? Okay, so by the way, Steve Krug wrote a fantastic book on this, which is also called Don't make me think. So, um, and as you would expect a usability expert uh, to do, his book is as simple and easy to understand as you would imagine. It's very, very simple. Uh, So, pick up a copy if you want. Steve Krug, Don't Make Me Think. Let me give you um, five quick tips, okay? And I'm gonna go fast. Number one, take advantage of conventions. We already talked about this. The conventions is just the way things are normally done, okay? Buttons should look like buttons. Video players should look like a video player. Maybe it's got a circle with a triangle in it or a video play bar. If it's a video, make sure people know it's a video. If it's a button, make sure it looks like a button. Um, Make it obvious. If something is clickable, make it obvious in some predictable way. Oh, yes, this will be something I can click or touch, okay? Number two, be consistent. There's no upside to just changing things around. So, what you want to do is kind of home in on how you want your site to look, and then you apply that on every page throughout the entire site. I'll give you an example. If, for instance, you've decided that you want all of your subheadlines to be in 18 point Helvetica, then all of your subheads should be in 18 point Helvetica. You don't do one in 18-point Helvetica and then a few paragraphs later, hey, let's pull out some comic sans or, you know, know, Beba's new or what, no, 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 consistency, right? Color and size, being consistent throughout the page, this is, this makes people comfortable. Um, If you've got a button that says get started and it takes people to the order page, and it appears in three places on the page, and, and it's uh, a, uh, an orange pill-shaped button, it should probably be an orange pill-shaped button in all three places on that page, okay? And there are exceptions here and there, but generally speaking, consistency is your friend. Um, number three, <laughs> everything about your company is not as important as everything else, okay? This is... A hard reality for us to face as marketers sometimes, but not everybody is as enamored with our product and service as we are, okay? And you can go to these websites sometimes and you see that it's almost like nobody was willing to make the hard decisions of what to cut out or what to put on a different page. So you get to the main page and it's like you are suddenly attacked with Oh my, all the exclamation points. Look, here, buy, now, animated banner. Look, act now, special, promo, 20% off, special offer. Ooh, look, here's a picture of our customers. Here's the founder. Look how handsome our founder is. Oh, look, here's a picture of the home office and all the air handlers on top of the building. For some reason, we're just proud of our new office and we think you need to see a picture of it. You know, it... It's like you, you get to this page and you don't know where to look. Everything is screaming at you and everything is yelling as loud as everything else. So you get overwhelmed. You don't know what to look at at all and you wind up just leaving. Okay. That's what you want to avoid. We've all been to websites like that. Make sure your site's not doing that as well. Okay. Number four, use plenty of subheads. Um, break up these long paragraphs of copy. If you're using a lot of text, break them up. Uh, make them, you know, separate them, maybe sections. Some, some sections are white and some sections maybe have a background and uh, consistent fonts throughout the whole thing, but use subheads because here's the thing, people aren't actually going to read your whole website, but they will scan it and whatever's in the subheads is going to get read, okay? So as they're scanning, those subheads are actually doing all the heavy lifting for you. Matter of fact, If you pull out all the copy on your web page and you only left the subheads, the subheads should actually make the entire offer for you. Okay, so keep that in mind as you write your copy and also as you design how it's gonna be laid out on the page. Okay, and number five, last thing. Your message is actually the most important thing. Okay, it is easy to get bogged down in You know, all the conversation that can be had about how things look and appearances and things like that. So, at the risk of invalidating everything I've said in this episode, here is the big truth your message really is the most important thing. If you've got a great offer, if you've got a fantastic solution to a problem, if you can get that message into words, you will have done the lion's share of the work. Okay but first impressions do matter, okay? Because as we mentioned, there are lots of examples where companies who did not spend any time on user experience may have had a better product, but they failed or they floundered, okay? So good, bad, right, or wrong, how we occur to our prospects, how we show up in the marketplace is critical that we spend some time on that, okay? But don't do it to the point of getting the cart ahead of the, of the horse. Like what a pretty website I have, but the message isn't strong or I'm not clear. I'm not crystal clear in my message of what I can do for my audience. Okay. So it's, it's a lot to take in in a short episode, but I hope that helps you. Uh, UX, user experience, UI, user interface, two terms, that if you will give a little bit of attention to this, you'll find that a little bit can go a long way. And a lot of it is just being consistent, being clear, and just taking advantage of how your audience tends to expect things to be done when they arrive at your website, okay? I hope that's of value to you. And a matter of fact, if it is of value, let me ask you to do me a favor. I would love for you to pop over to iTunes and leave me a glowing five-star rating on our podcast and uh, let us know what you loved about it. And you can also email us at uh, hello at businesslabspro.com if you'd like to get a message to myself or John, Uh, John who actually is traveling this weekend and so that's why he's not with me. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, certainly you can send them over to hello at businesslabspro.com and definitely if you would pop over to iTunes and leave us a, a rating. Give us a five-star review and uh, hit subscribe so you can listen to more of these. Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, Good for Business podcast is produced by businesslabspro.com and myinspiredmedia.com. I'm Tony Rush, and I'll talk to you next time.